Are you planning for retirement, buying a home, sending your kids to college, or looking for ways to protect your estate assets? The Simply Advised podcast connects you to trusted professionals, subject matter experts who communicate critical information in a meaningful and memorable way to guide you to make smart choices. Listen in as our experts help you handle whatever life throws your way. Hello and welcome to another Simply Advised podcast. I am your host, Matt Halloran. Today we are speaking with Celeste McKeefrey and her business, Beechhurst Financial. We always start these podcasts out with the same thing because it's very important for all of our listeners to get to know this wonderful person who's bringing her area of expertise to you as the listener. So Celeste, if you don't mind, tell us a little bit about your background. Okay, Matt, thanks for the introduction. Well, to begin with, I was born and raised in England, just outside of London. But in 1988, I moved to this country, Cape May, New Jersey, to be exact. Then last year, I relocated to Palm City, Florida, and I now serve clients of Beechhurst Financial in both New Jersey and Florida. But I didn't start out in the insurance field. I kind of came about it by a different route. I've been in the fitness industry most of my life and have owned a personal training business in the US since 2003. But then in 2008, I obtained my life and health insurance licenses and began as an independent contractor selling life insurance and fixed indexed annuities. I established Beechhurst Financial in 2018. I usually introduce myself as the personal trainer who happens to own an insurance agency. Now, Celeste, honestly, fascinating business model, right? Mm -hmm. But uh, it doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. I mean, those seem to be two very fundamentally different businesses. How are you joining those together? Well, not really. I love, I just love working with people. In both businesses, I work one-on-one with clients to help improve their quality of life physically and financially. Health and financial security, I believe, are equally important. Money means very little if you don't have your health, obviously. Having said that, having a serious health condition can be expensive. And if you're not financially sound and protected, the stress will most likely have an adverse effect on your health. All right, Celeste. So one-on-one relationships, fantastic, right? That's so important in the personal fitness and personal trainer arena and very important as a financial services professional. Now, but what do you do for your clients? How do those things come together and how does that make what you do unique and different? Well, both things really suit my personality, but a Beechhurst Financial, we provide services ranging from a single insurance product. We offer life insurance, fixed indexed annuities and Medicare insurance all the way through to complete retirement plans. When working on retirement planning, it helps that in addition to my life and health licenses, I hold a national social security advisor certificate and I stay updated on social security rules. Many people are not maximizing their social security and in some cases, they're completely missing out on benefits that they're unaware they're entitled to. Um, And in order to offer a full retirement planning service, we also have an ongoing working relationship in both New Jersey and Florida with several highly respected partners, including financial advisors, CPAs, estate planning attorneys, and other insurance companies that offer lines of insurance that we do not offer. Celeste, that's fascinating to me because 
you know, a lot of people don't think that financial services professionals can play very nice in the sandbox with others, but that's part of your business model. That's really, really neat. Now, let's talk about who's your ideal client, who works with you, and who do you work with the best? Well, actually, I have clients ranging in age, Matt, from early 20s right through to late 80s, from young people who are just starting out in life to those who are well into retirement. Let's break down what you do differently, because the reason why you're on this show is because the powers that be realize that you do something fundamentally unique and different. That's something that our listeners want to know. So let's talk about what sets you apart. Okay, thanks. Um, I believe it's the rapport which I build with all my clients as I spend time really getting to know them. No one size fits all and everyone's particular situation is unique. I don't represent any one insurance company. I'm appointed with numerous companies and I always search for the best fit for my clients' needs, no matter how big or small the case. As an example, in 2018, I met with a 36-year-old bank vice president. He was a father of young children and he had an existing 30-year term life insurance policy that he'd purchased seven years prior to my meeting him. He was doubtful, but asked if I could get him anything with lower premiums, even though his premiums at that time were not particularly high. And after searching, I found that Prudential could beat out his existing life insurance policy company. So I got myself appointed with Prudential through a brokerage company. And much to his surprise, I effectively added seven years onto his coverage as I helped him get a brand new 30-year term policy for lower premiums than he'd previously been paying. I love that you seek out the right product instead of a square peg in a round hole or everything's a hammer uh, sort of philosophy that unfortunately is ubiquitous within the financial services industry, that you're going to do that extra work, take that extra step to make sure that you have the best products and services for your clients. Now, thank you for giving us an opportunity to kind of get to know who you are. So now we're going to dive into your brain, Celeste. And this is what I'm really excited about because we're going to find out what you're going to teach our people today. So what is our audience going to learn from you? Okay, so I'm going to talk mainly today about the importance of and the multiple uses for life insurance. If you were to ask anyone who knows me well what I'm passionate about, Matt, the top two answers would likely be exercise and life insurance. I love life insurance. Almost everyone needs it. And I hope that by the end of this podcast, my enthusiasm is infectious. There is no single financial tool that can do everything life insurance can. It can provide family and business protection, financial help while you're living should you become seriously or permanently ill. In certain policies, you can build cash value, which is protected from market fluctuations and grows tax deferred to potentially provide a tax-free income stream in retirement. Not to mention that life insurance is the most efficient wealth transfer tool. Now we've got to unpack pack a lot of that. So let's just covered a lot of ground there, my friend. So let's start by talking about family protection. What, what does that mean to you? Well, most people, if asked, would want their loved ones to be protected if they should die unexpectedly. But so many people procrastinate about getting life insurance or they're underinsured. 
especially when they have employer coverage, which may not be sufficient and that they will likely lose if they change or lose that job. A few years ago, I assisted a friend actually in settling her husband's estate. He was retired, but he still had life insurance from his former company. He had never realized that a large death benefit was reduced to a small benefit when he retired. And this came as a huge shock to my friend, as you can expect, and caused her financial hardship then. Now, none of us will live forever. And although we all hope to live a very long time, life can be uncertain. And I have yet to hear that a beneficiary of a life insurance policy ever complained that their loved one was sold too much life insurance. It is hard enough losing a loved one. At least life insurance can prevent the additional stress of financial hardship. In fact, I clearly recall one man who came to me to put life insurance in place right after a good friend of his had passed unexpectedly, leaving his young family behind. And once this man had his policy in place, he thanked me and told me that he now had peace of mind. This is one of the reasons why I was so excited about having you on the show. Uh, I truly agree that I hope that your passion for life insurance is contagious because it's always interesting, your statement about you've never heard any beneficiary complain that the person who passed had too much life insurance. But again, the best time to buy life insurance was probably 10 years ago. The second time to buy it is today. So let's talk about uh, people saying that, uh, you know, Celeste, I don't really think I can afford life insurance. Uh, Yeah, I get that a lot. Um, Young people will often say that they can't afford life insurance. And to that, I would answer that if they think money is tight now, just imagine how tight it would be if one breadwinner were to pass away unexpectedly. It's really so important. Life insurance is often a legal requirement in some divorce situations. And I believe that everyone should obtain life insurance when they get married, if not before. And it's also probably way more affordable for young people than they think. Term insurance is the most affordable by far, but something that most people are unaware of is that it's possible to buy term insurance while they're young and healthy and maybe approved at preferred or even super preferred for the lowest rates. And then at any point during that term, they can convert to a whole life policy within the same company based on their age at the time of conversion but with the exact same good health rating, even if their health has since declined. And I've also had young people use the excuse that if they live a long time, they will have spent a fortune during their lifetime on insurance premiums if they start young. But that's not exactly so. Do you know if a 20-year-old and a 60-year-old both started with the exact same policy, the same health rating, the only difference being their age, By the time each of them reached 70, the 60-year-old would have paid out more in insurance premiums than the 20-year-old. That really should make people think, don't you think, Matt? That not I I, I never I'm I'm, yeah, no, I never knew that, Celeste. I had no idea that that's how the math worked on that. Yeah, most people don't realize that. And not to mention that by age 60, um, a much smaller percentage of people will have a good health rating than those in their 20s. Absolutely. Now, so so that's kind of like the individual uh, personal life insurance. You also talk about business protection. Uh, dive into that, will you? Well, this could be the subject of a whole other podcast, as there are so many ways that life insurance can be used to protect a business. 
But today I will highlight the most obvious use because these days, especially since COVID, more and more people are starting small businesses. So imagine that two friends have a successful business partnership and one of them dies unexpectedly. The remaining partner could now find themselves with the spouse of their deceased partner as their new partner. Now this spouse may have no knowledge of or interest in the business. So the remaining partner would need the funds to buy out the surviving spouse's interest. Setting up a buy-sell agreement in which each partner is owner of a life insurance policy on the other would provide those funds needed to avoid unwanted and unintended ownership of their business. And in the event of unexpected early death, the surviving spouse and family would be provided for. You said something earlier, which I need some explanation on, which is life insurance can have benefits while people are still living. But I thought that there was an entirely different category of life insurance called long-term care insurance. What, how do those things differ or are there any similarities? There is an insurance called long-term care insurance, but it's so cost prohibitive these days. In fact, I haven't sold a policy in years that anyone who can afford it can likely afford to self-insure. But the Department of Health and Human Services does estimate that 70% of people over age 65 will need some form of long-term care during their lifetimes. And with the national average cost of a nursing home now being over 100,000 a year, and the average out-of-pocket cost for a cancer patient being over $700 monthly, this is where life insurance can help Many companies will offer policies with living benefits. In other words, an accelerated death benefit feature without any additional premium required, where a person can access a portion of the death benefit tax-free if they have a qualifying critical, chronic, or a terminal illness while they're still living to pay for anything they need at that time. As an example, if someone had a serious stroke, which they would eventually recover from, they could use an accelerated death benefit to pay their bills while they were recovering and unable to work. And I'd be willing to bet that most people listening to this podcast know of at least one person who was diagnosed with an unexpected critical illness during their working years. Oh, and a very exciting development of recent years is that there are now some companies who, if an applicant is approved standard or better, will even provide living benefits on a term policy. And I think this makes a lot of sense. If a 30-year-old, for example, purchases a 30-year term policy and never converts to a whole life, as I'd mentioned before, when they reach the age of 60, their level affordable term policy premiums would begin to increase dramatically which is why most people do not maintain term policies beyond the term length. However, there is a far greater likelihood of a qualifying illness, such as stroke or cancer, between ages of 30 and 60 than there is of unexpected death. And while I'm on this subject, Matt, smokers often think that they can't afford life insurance, but smoking does not actually preclude someone from obtaining a policy with living benefits. So if a smoker asked me whether this type of life insurance is affordable for them, my answer would be a question. Can you afford not to have life insurance with living benefits? 
the living benefit component of all of this is just absolutely fascinating. And I, I am sure that we could do an entirely other show on the mm -hmm. benefits and how to access the living living benefits of your insurance policy. But there is always a conversation in, in Celeste, we hear this in the news all the time, the difference between whole life insurance and term insurance. Can you do some education on that, please? Yeah, this is actually where I get really excited. There are policies now which are called universal life, which I believe all come with living benefits these days. Certainly the ones sold by the many insurance companies that I work with. Now there are two different types of universal life policies. So I'm gonna talk about the first one. We often hear people say that nothing in life is guaranteed. But I have a solid rebuttal for that now. There is what is called a GUL which stands for Guaranteed Universal Life Insurance. Think of this like a permanent term policy. In many instances, you can choose what age you want this guarantee to go to. Personally, Matt, I plan on living to be well over 100. So I purchased a GUL that's guaranteed through age 121. This policy is a policy that gives me peace of mind. If I pay my premiums, which will never increase, the death benefit I chose will pay out to my children, no matter how long I live. It's set in stone. What happens if somebody owns one of these GOLs and due to a change in their life circumstances, because, you know, life happens, what happens if they no longer need this life insurance? That's a good question, Matt. So many universal life insurance policies come with a cash out rider. It's included an issue for no extra premium. This means that should a person's needs change, there are points in the future when they can cancel the policy and get at least all their premiums back. Now, you just said cash out. So I want to talk about cash value inside a life insurance policy. How do you access that and, and what does that mean? Yeah, this is the other type of universal life insurance. It's called an IUL or indexed universal life insurance. In this type of policy, in addition to protecting against the risk of death or a serious illness, you can protect against longevity, market risk, and taxes. Now, most people don't think about taxes as a retirement risk, but it certainly won't surprise me if taxes go up in the future, given the current deficit, the underfunding of social security, and the longevity of today's retirees. Also, while I'm on this subject, Many people are completely unaware that a portion of their social security will likely be taxable. Exactly how much is based on something called the provisional income formula. Now tax-free money, such as income from a Roth IRA, or as I'm going to explain, income from an IUL, an index universal life policy, is not counted in this formula. Simply put, tax-free money is not included in your provisional income. So it is possible to not pay taxes on your social security if most of your other income is tax-free, even if you're very wealthy. In fact, IULs have often been referred to as the rich man's Roth, but you don't have to be wealthy to own one. I actually helped my daughter start an IUL three years ago, partly to protect my grandchildren, but also for her to get a head start on tax-free retirement income. An IUL affords the opportunity to build long-term cash value by earning interest that's linked to a particular stock market index 
over a specific period, but you're not investing directly in the market. You can take advantage of the ups of that index subject to a cap, for example, 10%, but being protected from the downs through the power of the 0% floor. In other words, if that index goes down, you don't lose money. And each year your gains are locked in. And Matt, I would take a zero over a loss any day because a loss of 50% would require a gain of 100% just to get back to where you were before that loss. With an IUL, just like with a fixed indexed annuity, you'll never have to climb back up from that pit of despair. And also, as I mentioned previously, this money is all growing tax deferred and compound interest is a very powerful thing. So if you're following this so far, you may be wondering how this money can be withdrawn tax-free. But this is because it's taken out as a loan rather than a partial surrender. Technically, a loan from the death benefit. The insurance company will charge you interest on this loan, but many companies offer a zero net loan. You're going to have to elaborate on that. <laughs> Please do. Well, the insurance company will credit interest like these funds are still in the policy, basically washing out the cost of the interest on the loan. Now, this type of policy can be hard to understand at first, but as I said previously, I spend as much time as necessary getting to know my clients and their needs, and I always make sure that they have a full understanding of all my recommendations. And when I do an indexed life, sorry, when I do an indexed universal life insurance policy illustration for a client, I can actually custom design it. For example, maybe someone wants a death benefit, which will grow in relation to their premiums, or they may want to try to realize a specific amount of future annual income to be triggered at a certain age. Or perhaps they have a specific amount of money in mind to allocate for policy premiums, or maybe they're just looking to build as much cash value as possible, which they can borrow from in the future for building a business or any other reason. Think about it. This could also be the ultimate emergency fund. And the premiums in these policies, as opposed to a term insurance policy or even guaranteed universal life policies, are also flexible. All right. The last benefit that you had talked about at the top of the show was life insurance being used as a wealth transfer tool. Are we going to kind of uh, wrap up with that idea today? Yes. There are so many reasons to use life insurance to pass on assets. Folks can do a single premium life insurance policy with assets that they intend to pass on to beneficiaries. And I want to reiterate a feature we talked about earlier. I've had clients tell me that they have a sum of money that they don't think they're going to need. They hope to leave to their children, but they're afraid to tie that money up in case they have a completely unforeseen emergency. So in that case, I would look for a policy in which they could change their minds and receive their original premium back at any time. Now think about this. You'll have an immediate bump up in value of the asset that you want to pass on. You take market risk out of the equation. Also, it can help folks qualify for Medicaid and still preserve assets for their beneficiaries. And depending on which state you live in and who you're leaving those assets to, this could also avoid potential inheritance taxes. 
And because the tax, the death benefit is paid out to the beneficiaries tax free, you don't risk unintentionally pushing them into a higher tax bracket. And it can provide immediate liquid funds if you're leaving other assets that would need to be sold first. And then if someone desires to leave specific dollar amounts to people upon their death, it makes financial sense also because it will cost less to leave those amounts using life insurance. Say someone wanted to leave $50,000 each to two different people. To purchase a life insurance policy with $100,000 death benefit, the premium cost will certainly be less than $100,000. And life insurance avoids probate and it can make things much simpler for executives. If someone wanted to leave $20,000 to five different charities or save five nephews and nieces, they could simply purchase a policy with a $100,000 death benefit and leave 20% to each. All right, we've had a lot of stuff to be able to, to absorb here. How do you want to kind of package things up with this idea? And then I have one more question for you. Um, well, Matt, it's exactly why anyone who's looking for life insurance should contact an independent expert, whether it's me or somebody else, because if they try to get life insurance online, which a lot of people do, or they just go direct to one insurance company, they'll never know all their options, especially because most people don't even know the right questions to ask when it comes to life insurance. All right. What else should I have asked you that I didn't? One thing I can think of is that even when people have existing life insurance, it's so important to get a periodic review. They should check their beneficiaries every few years and when they have any life circumstance change. A real life situation comes to mind here. I had a client with two young children whose husband had a heart attack and died unexpectedly. Now she was beneficiary of his current life insurance. However, he had another policy from a previous job, and he'd neglected to change the beneficiary on that policy at the time they married. So the beneficiary of that policy was an ex-girlfriend of his. And unfortunately, in this case for his wife, my client, with life insurance, beneficiary trumps everything. Simply put, a surprised ex-girlfriend received this death benefit, and my client received nothing. In my experience, Matt, most people get life insurance, they put the policy away, and years later, they have absolutely no idea what type of policy they purchased. I've reviewed so many policies for people and found in lots of cases that they didn't know they had a term policy nearing the end of the term. I also have many clients who thought they had a good policy, and even several years after they'd obtained that policy, I managed as in the example I gave with the prudential term policy to get them a new policy with the same or a better death benefit for lower premiums than they were paying on their old policies. Life insurance is actually one of the few products that has become more affordable over time. Just to be clear, you're saying that you can stop paying and effectively terminate an old policy and begin a new one without any sort of issues? Yes, you can, Matt. And another option that most people are unaware of is to do a 1035 exchange. 
This means a like-for-like exchange with no tax consequences. If a person had a policy with cash value that they didn't plan on using, they could use that cash value to obtain a paid up single premium policy that would require no further premiums. But would they be able to get a new policy with the, the same sort of death benefit or is it something totally different? Um, that would depend on a lot of things. It would depend on their age, obviously their health status and the amount of the cash value in their existing policy. But it is possible to do this and get an even larger death benefit. So back in 2010, I met a newly retired doctor and her husband who was a retired engineer. And I was amazed to learn that they had 11 life insurance policies between them. And they were paying a total of over $70,000. Can you believe it? In annual premiums. They were both in their early 70s and were both in good health. So I was able to use the cash value in two of each of their policies and exchange them for paid up guaranteed universal life policies, guaranteed through age 120. And by doing this, I eliminated premiums on four of their policies. So I brought their total annual premiums down to 48,000 from over 70,000. And get this, I increased their over, overall death benefits by more than $1 million. Well, Celeste, I'm sure that if there are people who are still, or the people who are still listening are thinking to themselves, holy Moses, there's a lot of stuff going on here with life insurance. And mm -hmm. I'm sure that working with an independent advisor just like you would be the best thing for them to do. So what is the best way for somebody to contact you? Well, our website, as you said at the beginning, is my company name. It's beechhurstfinancial.com. That's spelled B-E-A-C-H and then a second H-U-R-S-T, financial. And all of my contact info can be found there. Or they can simply call or text me direct on 772-233-6303. And Celeste, we will make sure that we have the link to your website and your contact information in the show notes. Hey, thank you very much for taking some time and educating our listeners on the power of life insurance. Oh, thank you, Matt. It's something that I always love to talk about, and I love talking about it with somebody else who's enthusiastic about it, too. The idea behind the Simply Advised podcast was to provide all of you, our listeners, great education so you can make wise financial decisions. Celeste, as with all of our other guests, just gave you some great insight on the power of life insurance, how you can look at it in different ways, but most importantly, that you shouldn't be buying things like this online, that you need to get a professional to really take a look at what you have, what you need, and then offer independent products and services that will help you achieve your overall financial goals. And if you're not ready for life insurance right now, but you know somebody who is talking about this, who has had major life events or is working in a business, and you think that maybe they need a little bit more protection, please make sure that you share this podcast with them. It's very, very easy. All you have to do is click the share now button below. So for Celeste and all of us here at Simply Advised, this is Matt Hallern, and we'll see you on the other side of the mic very soon. Thank you for listening to the Simply Advised podcast. 
Click on the link to subscribe to our podcast and learn more about how we can help you become more confident and informed about your financial choices.